The following is a fourth hand production. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, 90. Hey, you guys. <gasps> oh, my nose! Oh, my nose! Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me as always is the other host of the show, Ted. Hola, que pasa, mijo? And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show. Jimmy, the- I asked you a question. What's that? Que pasa, mijo? Um, donde esta el baño? <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry. on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show. The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, tack what we do mm-hmm. is we take the episode, we sure. break it down, mm-hmm. we lose our spot on the first string basketball team to it, hmm. only to have it come back trying to hunt my sister. Hmm. All for your listening enjoyment. He ain't lying. Nope. Preacher brother. Mm. On today's episode, we look at season three, episode five, entitled My Sister, Benedict Arnold. Ooh. If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. Testify. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime. Oh, God. That was terrible. I tried to time it, but it didn't work out. So. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. 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 So how was your week? Uh, I was... Pretty good. Just worked a lot. Yeah? Worked or worked it. <laughs> not just worked. Oh, I did not work it. Sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so, in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like this is a fairly iconic episode, I feel like. Um, to remember I know the next is. one is. <laughs> the next one is the next for one sure. Is, but I think this one is. Um, but this one deals about, you know, jealous, jealousy, stuff like that. For sure. Um, Speaking of which, so Jimmy, did yes. you ever... Do anything to make your sister jealous? <laughs> to make my sister jealous? Um, uh, I feel like you know something that uh, you're no. thinking of something that I can't remember. I mean, that's what Greg and Marsha do to each other. They do. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They're like, oh, well, I'll show you. And then I'm pretty sure he asked her out on a date at the end of this episode. And yeah. It, it almost felt like this incest erotic yeah. kind of. What are they? The Lannisters? Uh-huh. <laughs> That was like the weakest laugh I've ever heard. You're like, nah, that's because my phone rang. As you look at your time. watch, yeah, well, my watch rang at the same time that I laughed. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, this had this weird incest, like sexual tension between them. Yeah, and that's the way I read it. Um, yeah, it's like, like, oh, I'm gonna do this to make her yeah, jealous. Like Greg's, like, I'm gonna go out and get this hot chick and try to yeah. make my sister jealous. Dude, are you listening to yourself? <laughs> You're gonna go out and get a cheerleader to make your sister jealous. I'm going to go out the cutest, most popular boy in school yeah. just to make Greg jealous. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> like, you guys just need to fuck and get it over yeah, with. Yeah, right? Like, oh my God. <laughs> but no, I've never, I can honestly say I've never, I've never done yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. I had this one friend in, in elementary school. His name was, ironically, his name was Peter, but I can't remember what his last name was. Hmm. Um, and he just kind of, you know, popped in. Get it. <laughs> um, piped up, piped up. That's right. Sorry. Um, 
And it, I was talking to him at school one time and, and I was telling him how I was trying to make a bow and arrow out of sticks I found in the yard or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And he's like, I've done that before. I should come over this afternoon and ride my bike to your house and try it. I'm like, cool. I was in first grade. So he comes over and then my sister sees him. So my sister starts talking to him and then he spent the whole rest of the time just like hanging out with my sister. <laughs> and like, so yeah, there, there was a couple of times like I'd have people come over and I'd have to tell my sister like, just go to your room. Because my sister was always more popular than me. So whenever my friends came over, they're like, your sister's cool. And they want to hang out with my sister. It's like, just go to your room. You don't need to hang out with us. Hmm. So my sister did things sometimes make me jealous. But she did. Well, yeah, like because like hanging out with my friends. I, I want to hang out with them. So. Huh. Yep. Well, that's too bad. Your sister never did anything like that? Like she didn't have cooler, you know. Jungle well, she always had shit cooler friends and stuff. What? She didn't have like cooler jungle theme shit in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to I used to have a quote jungle themed room at one point. Yeah. But then I changed it because then I discovered metal music and I was a fucking rock star. And then I had pictures of guys all over my room. You did. Yeah. Guys with long hair that kind of look like girls. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. At least you never it's did okay. anything like, you know, put Christmas lights underneath your, your water bed. Maybe it starts glowing. <laughs> Who does that? I know, right? That's, that's Hey, but I was forward thinking because now people do that kind of shit all the time with like LED lights and stuff. Yeah, they do it to their cars now. They'll jack up their trucks well, yeah, but. so that it's, you know, it has the big off-road tires and then they put LED strips underneath it that'll clearly short out if I try to go through the mud, but hmm. you know, who's counting? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, Yes. Well, I guess I could have just put garbage on my walls or whatever it is you have on your walls. I, I, <laughs> there's nothing that I would not hang on my walls. Like I had a unicycle hanging on my wall one time. I went over to your house one time. You had a chair hanging on your wall. Yes. That was you're your right. mother-in-law's thing. Yep, you're right. right. What is the purpose of that? What's the chair on the wall? No thing? clue. She saw it somewhere at an antique shop. Thought it was cool to go like she saw it hanging on a wall and thought that's what I'm going to do with that, no. or she just saw the chair and you know what I'm going to do with that? Yeah, she just hanging on a wall. She's all about that rustic shit, you know. I don't know. I don't get it. She still has a hand on her wall at her house. You did, but she day. lived with you and had it hanging on your wall. Right. Not once did you go. Why the fuck is that up there? Like who can sit there? <laughs> I just I found it easier just to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. All right. I can't really talk because I had fucking unicycle on my wall. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but you were a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you go in my living room now, it looks like, um, looks like a, like an, um, like a TGA Fridays or something where they have all the antiques on the wall, but with <laughs> nerdy shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's true. Yep. All right. Cool. So on that note, mm-hmm. we are going to take our first break because, you know, it takes a lot of energy to talk for five minutes. I know. I'm worn out. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to take a break because we're old. And uh, when we get back, we are going to jump into this. Yes. We'll be back. Insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. 
We take the best and worst <laughs> creepypasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old-timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us on all the major podcasts, thingamawoppers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles. The fourth hand joint. And we're back. Mm-hmm. That was a good break. I can't believe you can still do cartwheels, man. That's insane. Why wouldn't I be able to? That's true. So, yep. let's get back into this. Season 3, Episode 5, entitled, My Sister, Benedict Arnold. Oh, burn. Facts about the episode. This episode first aired October 15th, 1971. Hmm. Written by Elroy Schwartz. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where they did. Did Sherwood Schwartz have anything to do with the Jetsons? I don't know. That'd be interesting because Elroy is such a unique name. It is unique. Hmm. Anyways, it was a little bubby, though. We'll have to do some research on our next break. Mm-hmm. So I'm no sure. cartwheels. Directed by <laughs> Hal Cooper. You seem like, are we on a break now? Can I do cartwheel now? <laughs> yes, we're on a break. Go. Fine. It's better than the somersault she used to do. Um, directed by Hal Cooper. Oh. According to IMDb. Yes. When pitching baseballs at the dunk tank, mm-hmm. Bobby mentions Major League Baseball play, and I, I should have contacted... <laughs> Yes, this is sports related, so I'm going to oh. apologize now to Jenny because <laughs> I'm probably going to mask this, and 100% I should have reached out to you, and I just thought about this just now. I literally copy and pasted this in, and I didn't really Well, read then it. it's not your fault. It's IMDb's fault. That's true. You're something right. up. That's true. Yeah, you're right. When pitching baseballs at the dunk tank, Bobby mentions Major League Baseball players Vita Blue. Or is it Vita Blue? Does he say Vita or Vita in the episode? I don't know. I don't remember. Um the year this episode was filmed found Blue at his peak, Ooh. winning both the 1971 American League Cy Young Award and Most Valuable Player Award. Blue, a left-handed pitcher. Hey, he's left-handed. Hey, tech. we should have a lot he's to talk a, about. He's a brother. Um, right. But he enjoyed a 17-year career pitching for the Oakland Athletics. Mm. People just call him the Oakland A's. Okay, that's my next question. From 1969 to 1977, the San Francisco Giants from 1978 to 1981 – and they just 19- call them the Jays, the Jays, no, the G's. Yeah, what's up, G? And from 1985 to 86, well, I thought the Giants was a football team. Oh uh, well, that's New York Giants. Oh Jesus! And the Kansas City Royals from 1982 to 83. He is he is a six time All Star. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> He's six time All Star, and this is the first. Of only five pitchers in Major League history to start the All-Star game for both the American League and the National League. Oh. That's interesting. That's quite oh, so that's like what they do in football, where they have like all the best players play a game? 
They're, they're called pro bowlers, huh? Okay, that's right. Yeah, I remember? used to think, man, God, like there's so many football players that are professional bowlers. <laughs> I really thought that. <laughs> Anyways, Blue also tried his hand at acting, appearing alongside Jim Brown in the black exploitation crime thriller Black Gun. Ooh. Hmm. Well, I mean, from what I've seen, except for the very few, if you're an athlete, then you can't act. Like you don't have that ability. There's very few athletes that can also actually act. So he's like Sporty Spice. What? Uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> another um, another thing, according to IMDb, this episode was recreated as a subplot in the future film, a very pretty sequel. Oh. Yes. When they're trying to make each other jealous. <laughs> it's been so long as I've seen the movies. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to them eventually. Well, I, I posted it. If you follow our Instagram account, oh, I posted right. a picture from this. That's right, right, right. When Alice is sitting on the seat, and once I saw this, I could not unsee it. When Alice is sitting on the seat of the dunking machine, the rear set wall and corner junction <laughs> of the walls is clearly visible behind her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to the point too. where you can see shadows from the lights and shit. Like it's bad. Like it's yeah, because really they bad. really had to show a lot of the oh, sky, yeah. you yeah. know. And I was like, wow. And I was like. Yep, there's the corner right back there. And like my son comes walking into the room and he sees Alice sitting up there with that tree next to her and off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at it and he goes, what's going on? I'm like, I was like, that's supposed to be a real tree. <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, that's supposed to be a real tree off in the distance. And you can, it looks horrible. It looks absolutely insane. But anyways, <laughs> so yes, that's everything according to IMDb. All right, I'm sure we screwed and butchered all that up, and Ginny will let us know. I'm sure. But Ginny, if you want to, uh, I don't know, record how you would say that, <laughs> we will play it on the next air. Yeah. I promise you we will play you it on the next You can do all air. of our corrections. Exactly, yes. And we'll play that. We fade in. Mm. Scene one. We open to see Peter busy away cleaning what looks like glass. We pan out. And he seems to be in something cleaning a window with Alice outside painting. We pan out even further, and it's a dunking booth. Oh, Bobby runs up to the dunking booth, eagerly asking if it's ready yet. But Peter sarcastically asks him, can't you see that we have to decorate it first? But Bobby (laughs) corrects himself, saying, I meant is the dunk tank part finished yet? Alice excitedly tells Bobby, you bet it does. What? That doesn't make sense. sense. No, it doesn't. Um, As she demonstrates by knocking a bucket into the tank. Alice then goes into a corny impression saying, step right up, step right up. Finishing with, let's see who can dunk the donkey, whoever that is. Hmm. We then see Greg walking through the backyard with a school book, looking angry. Oh, no. Peter gives him a, hi, Greg, which he ignores as as he keeps walking. Peter runs over to investigate, but Greg gets upset, asking, who said anything was the matter? Somebody talking to you? <laughs> Peter reasons with Greg, asking, if nothing's the matter, then why are you? what are you so sore about? He then tells him, if you tell someone, it's supposed to make it feel better. That's something that, you, that sounds like it would be in one of the parody movies. You know, <laughs> if you talk about it. Um, Greg leans in so nobody can hear and tells Peter that the coach took him off the first string basketball team. Mm. Okay, now a question to Ginny. (laughs) Specifically, and I'm not trying to be funny. Um, Is the first string basketball team like the varsity basketball team? No. No? No. 
you have like the varsity team, right? And then you have first string. These are the players you played first. But that's not a whole separate team. Well, it's the first string first string group. So like a starter. Yeah, it's a starter group. Like these are your best players, the ones you want out there first. If one of them gets hurt, you have to pull one out, then you send in second string. But it might be individual players. So it might be second string quarterback or second string running back or whatever. And then if that guy can't play, then you run in third string, which basically the third string guys aren't just sitting on the bench. They're never going to play. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that confused me. I thought maybe they had they had changed the names. I may have fucked that up. So Ginny, either yeah, way, Ginny, let yeah. us know. Okay. So. Um, and that was beat out. Yeah. He was, he was taken off the first string basketball team. And he was beat out by Warren fucking Mulaney. Mm. And that's his nick. That's, and people don't know that's his middle name in the show. It is. It's fucking. Weird. That's Yeah. Peter reminds Greg. That it's the same guy that beat him out for student body president as well. Mm. Greg then continues to bitch, claiming that Warren got to be first string by buttering the coach up. Mm. You know what that really means, right? Blowing him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then when the coach isn't looking, he goofs off. Hmm. Peter, wanting to stand up for his brother, gets more upset as Greg talks. Finally, Greg tells Peter how much Warren bugs him and that he bugs him more than anybody, and then leaves. Damn. Oh, with a huff or in a huff. Damn it. (laughs) Um, It's funny because Peter does something funny in this because he says something. um, He says, so what are you so sore about? And Greg's like, because I lost first thing basketball team to fucking, you know, Warren Mulaney. (laughs) Just the way Peter's delivery on it, he goes... That makes me sore too. And he starts punching his fist. And that shit had me cracking. I had to pause it. He's like, that makes me sore too. And and you could tell he was doing it to be funny, like he wasn't being serious. So that's what made it so funny. It was a perfect delivery on it. So, um, the audio on this, in in this first scene, I noticed the audio sounds better than in previous seasons. Hmm. Like it's almost like they're using a better um shotgun mic or boom mic or maybe they're using one <laughs> I don't know um, but a couple of times when people have their back turns it turned it almost looks like they dubbed in the sound yeah almost like they they weren't facing the mic so it didn't pick them up right um, but also why are the kids having to build their own carnival attraction yeah we're gonna have a carnival at school yeah that'd be fine not really you gotta build all your own shit so <laughs> well, maybe they were like well can we can we get a dunk tank and the school was like we don't have the money for that like, well, what if we build our own? Then that's on you guys. And if you want to, we'd love to have it. Yeah. It's like, my fingers hurt. Your fingers hurt? Well, now your back's going to hurt because you're going to build your own dunk tank. Um, <laughs> and the cool, well, the beauty is they get to keep it. Like, yeah. they, cool, what am I going to use this for? Oh, yeah. You know, they use it all the time. After they do, this. yeah. I want to know how they transport it to the school. The truck of um, some kind. Yeah. I like how Alice, um, how she she warned Peter before pressing the lever. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but I, I got a feeling that that wasn't an Alice thing, that that was a, a Ann Davis thing. Okay. Um, because like he gets down from the top and she shouts, you know, like, careful, Peter, or watch it, Peter, or whatever she says before she hits it because the, the thing dropped. Okay. And I, I just thought that was an interesting move on her part because I, I think it just came second nature to her. I don't think she really, I don't think that was written in the script. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, 
And I know I have a lot of notes on this. <laughs> oh, just only the first scene. Just waiting. Waiting um, on you, Klein. Again. No, um, and I, I reiterated again, like, Peter's really good in this scene. I j- he just had me cracking up in the scene. I don't, maybe <laughs> this was actually, maybe they won't, didn't film in order. Maybe this was after his, you know, next episode, and maybe he just had more confidence or something. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all the notes I have. <laughs> well, in the beginning, I thought it was really funny because the very first shot is him cleaning the glass. And yeah. he's, like, smiling ear to ear. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the best thing he's ever done. Like, I fucking love cleaning glass. Like, I found it kind of odd. Another thing is, is like, because Alice was out there helping them finish this up, and she's not in her uniform. Right. So, does this mean she's off duty, but yet she's still having to work? Like, Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe the, her uniform, quote unquote, is for the kitchen. Yeah, maybe she doesn't want outside <coughs> dirt on her stuff she's cooking with. I don't know. <sighs> Poor Alice. She probably yeah. never gets a day off. Yeah, right? Hmm. Scene two. We are now treated to Cousin It. What? Like, literally, like, I'm saying my cousin It? Well, kind of, yeah. It's Jan brushing her hair, and she has her hair oh, okay, brushing okay, from okay. her. You, it, you watch this, right? <laughs> but it turns out to be Jan combing her hair in the bedroom in front of a vanity when Marsha bursts in saying, Jan, guess what? Jan, stranger, replies, okay, I'll guess. What? That was so strange to me. Is that how you're supposed to? Is that what you're supposed to say when people say "guess what"? You're supposed to guess, like, um, you got a new car. But she um, guessed the word "what." Yeah. Okay, I'll guess. What? Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha goes on to say she got asked on a date to the pizza parlor. Jan, <laughs> Jan, confused, asks, "What's the big deal?" Marsha drops the bomb, saying. By a high school boy. Oh, shit. That means he's got a big penis. Right? And hair on his balls. Yep. Oh, sorry. Remember that joke later at the end when I read a listener email. Oh, shit. Okay. Wait a minute. Is it a good email or bad email? Just prepare myself. (laughs) It's... A bad one. Okay. No, no, no. It it starts up... She does like a uh, compliment sandwich, so to speak. Oh, no. It's all good. Jan's eyes get huge as Marcia tells her he's coming by after dinner. Jan then asks where she met him. Marcia tells her on the way home from school. Mm-hmm. Jan, now super excited, asks what's his name. Marcia replies, Warren fucking Mullaney. Wow. As she grins from ear to ear and Jan sits in awe. Oh, shit. Aw. How is it that Jan's hair is so damn frizzy, but Marcia's hair is so straight? Well, because Marsha brushes it like a hundred strokes a day. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop there. Because <laughs> Marsha fucking brushes her hair. <laughs> we um, got a thing too. Uh, Jan always has her hair like in shit going on. Right. So it's going to be a little frizzy and not. Whereas Marsha like combs it straight every day. Also, Jan seems so much taller and more mature all, all of a sudden. It's almost like she grows. It's weird. Well, I mean, from the last episode? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Some. Uh, Jan is starting to look more like Marsha, I noticed. Yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah. they probably did that on purpose, though, because she was literally... Because when you see, like, you think it's Marsha at first, but then it's like, nope, it's Jan. Well, you tell in some of the later episodes that Maureen McCormick, I guess she's not very tall. Even still, yeah. I guess. Because, like, as all the kids grow up, like, Marsha just kind of stays. <laughs> okay. There reaches a point where Peter's taller than her, Jan's taller than her, Greg's taller than her. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I think Greg's always been taller than her. So. Yeah, that's true. 
Scene three. We see Greg lying on his bed, tossing a basketball up in the air as Mike and Bobby walk in. Bobby is super excited as he runs up to Greg saying, come on, Greg, we're going to start decorating the dunking machine. Greg casually says, "Mm, you don't need me. But Mike interjects saying, sure we do. But after pausing, puts his hands on his hips and sniffing, Mike stops and asks, do you have a problem? (laughs) Have you got a problem? Greg answers honestly saying, yeah. He directs Bobby out of the room, but not before Bobby informs him that the person who gets the most work done gets to be done first. Ooh. That didn't make any sense to me when I was watching it. Well, you have like so much work to do, but... The one, the one who does is what is it? The one who does the most work gets to be done first. Which, in, in in my experience, it's not the case. Because <laughs> if you go through and like busting your ass, everybody else is like, "Well, fuck it, let's just stand by like tactic this shit." Like hmm. he seems about gung ho about working. Well, now we're not talking about home life. Right, that's true. That's how it is around my house, anyway. Yeah. Mike sits on the edge of the bed and asks Greg what the problem is. Greg begins asking Mike if he remembers the guy who beat him out for student council. Mike not only remembers, but after a moment remembers his name is Warren, which I'm impressed. I was super impressed, too. I yeah, was like, right? there's no way he's going to fucking remember that. But I'm glad he didn't say the last name because it would have been like, really? <laughs> oh, yes. you read the script, too? You mean Warren Mullaney? <laughs> Warren fucking Mullaney? Yeah. Then asks, what about him? Greg tells him that Warren beat him out for the first ring basketball team. Mike says he's sorry, but goes on to remind Greg that you can't win them all. But Greg interrupts upset, saying that Warren is always beating him out of something. He goes on to tell Mike that he doesn't mind getting beat out, but Warren doesn't even play fair. Hmm. But as he tries to bitch some more about Warren, Mike butts in with a, oh, Greg, come on, don't let that get you down. He Hmm. reminds Greg that if it's true, the coach will find out sooner or later. Mm. And when Greg asks how it helps him now, Mike reminds him that every dog has its day. Mike then pats Greg on the leg saying to come on down and help if he feels like it. Hmm. Greg's a whiny little bitch, man. <laughs> yeah. He's been playing sports his whole life and he's mad because he lost to one guy. Like, what the fuck? Just, it, mm-hmm. That should make you better, right? Okay. Right. You'd think. Although I can kind of relate because there's I auditioned for this one show. And this guy beat me out for this part. And I, to this day, I know I would have done a better job. I know I would have. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To this day, I know I would have done a better job. So I, I can kind of relate how Greg is like is letting that eat at him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But whatever. I gotcha. Scene four. We are back in the girls' room. Marsha and Jan have changed into jeans and t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Mike walks in and asking them to come down and help which they say they're on their way. Jan then wastes no time asking Marsha if she thinks mom and dad will let her go out with a high school boy. Marsha says she doesn't see why not, as long as he's real nice. Jan pauses and asks Marsha if he is, to which she says he seems to be, then wonders if Greg knows him. She then puts a handkerchief in her pocket and tells Jan to go on and that she'll be down in a minute. Why does she need a handkerchief? I don't know. What are they doing again? Going outside to work on the dunk tank? Yeah. Maybe to wipe her hands or blow her nose or, or something? Like, well, she can't eat it for sweat because you know she's going to put on a fucking jacket to go outside. They always do. So. 
I don't know. I just thought that was strange to put a handkerchief in your pocket. That's like a guy thing, isn't it? Girls mm. that carry handkerchiefs. Guys mm-hmm. do. Hmm. Oh well. Anyway, it might be for like for her hair. For her hair, maybe to put her hair Ooh, back. Maybe. Next to me. Oh, now look at us thinking like women, right? Yeah. Scene five. Mm. We are back in the boys' room. Greg is still laying on the bed, feeling upset about Warren. When Marsha pops her head in with a, Greg, can I talk to you for a second? Greg asks, what about? Marsha tells him that this really cool guy asked her to the pizza parlor with her. Mm. Greg replies, so? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, cool. (laughs) She then tells Greg he's in high school. Greg, not really caring, says, congratulations. (laughs) Marsha then explains to Greg that this guy is in his class. And she was thinking if Greg knew him, he could explain to her what he's like. Greg gets irritated and says, every guy in my class is okay except for one. Warren fucking Mulaney. Damn. And goes on to say he is public enemy number one. Damn. When Marsha asks what's the matter with him, Greg tells her that the quote unquote little worm beat him out for the first string basketball team. Marsha feels bad and simply says, well, I'm sorry. But is cut off by Greg's bitching, saying how crummy this guy is. Marsha looks irritated and concerned as she exits the room. Hmm. Okay. Um, Someone's a grumpy Gus. <laughs> in this scene, for some reason, Marsha looks like a child. Like she doesn't look like a teen or a preteen or a middle school kid. She looks like a child to me. Like hmm. for some reason, she looks so young in this. In this whole episode, just no, that just scene, the, just the scene. Oh, I don't know. Um, and also, why would it, I mean she looked to me? She looks so incredibly young. Why would a high school girl? Why would a high school guy want to date her? I don't know. Like when you were in high school, did you want to date middle school girls? Um, I just wanted to date anybody that would let me. No, <laughs> but I mean, like even if when you were a no. freshman in high school, when when you're really that age, like the age difference is so massive. Even though it's like yeah. only a year or two. Like when people used to be grossed out. Ooh, a junior's dating a freshman? Gross. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that didn't matter so much anymore. Especially, I mean, it was kind of understood that, you know, until until we have a mutual friend, Georgia, she was like a senior dating like a sophomore. And right. she didn't really care what anybody thought. But, but everybody thought it was so gross. And like, but even as a freshman, cradle, like weird. when you were a freshman and you were to tell people, yeah, my girlfriend goes to Kennedy. <laughs> what? Well, you're that's dating not somebody, so bad. Well, she's only in eighth grade. Yeah, but you go to high school and she's in a middle school and you're dating her? Like, what the hell? Mm. So, I just don't think kids would really do that. Well, it'd be different if, like, you had a picture of Marsha. would be like, well, this is her. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I'd be like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> she's still a child. She goes to middle school. <laughs> They're both children still. They don't even have student parking. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was weird. Hmm. All right. So, moving on to scene six. Marsha is now sitting with Carol painting a sign for the carnival. Marsha finally speaks up and says, Mom, a high school guy asked me to go to a pizza parlor. Carol, proud of her little hoe, <laughs> says, Ooh, a high school boy. Growing up, next it'll be college boys. Marcia- I can't believe she said that shit. <laughs> I know. Next you'll be fucking college kids. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Wait till you get those fat hogs in your hand. Yeah, right. Oh, sorry, listener. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the okay. episode. Marsha then asks if she can go. Carol says she's sure it'll be okay, but that she would like to meet him first. Marsha pauses and finally continues saying, there may be one little problem. Greg doesn't like Warren. 
When Carol asks why Greg doesn't like him, Marcia explains that Warren took his place on the basketball team. But Carol simply replies, I'm afraid that's Greg's problem. Marcia <laughs> replies, I know it, and you know it. I hope Greg knows it. See, okay, I didn't write this note down, but like, once again, and we're going to see this more in the next episode too, right? that Carol only does not give a fuck about her boys. Right. It's like, oh, he's doing this. Oh, what the fuck? What, does he want a car now? He, he wants his own room? And oh, now he's just acting like a little fucking selfish bitch. And then it's like, oh, my daughter wants to date a high school boy. And then Mike, I could see going, this thing is a little inappropriate. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, no. It's a high school boy, okay? <laughs> Should be very popular. Well, Greg yeah. doesn't like it. Fuck Greg. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got a feeling if the shoe was on the other foot, that Greg would have got a speech saying, now, you know, that makes Marsha uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, I get, I st- at this point watching, I still didn't understand why they're putting so much work into this dunk tank. <laughs> what do you mean? Like they're putting a ton of work into this dunk yeah. tank. And having to figure out how to transport it to the school. Yeah. Like, that's the shittiest school carnival I've ever heard of. Like, you don't make the kids make the attractions. That defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, usually clubs at the school make the attractions, not the kids. Well, they usually just will order it, like when they order other stuff, guess, too, yeah, and come just, to the carnival. Oh, that sounds like a good <clears throat> carnival to me. But. Um, my note says, I told him to come on over. I don't know what I meant by that. I well, think it's just because she just took it upon herself. Yeah, just come on over. That struck me, too. Yeah. Um, That's Greg's problem, not yours. Damn, that's fucked up. It is. Uh, that kind of struck me too. I was like, geez. Okay. That's coming from Carol. See, I bet she won't say that to Mike. Well, if it was Mike, Mike would have said, well, don't you think you need to go talk to Greg about it? Right. I bet she wouldn't say it to Mike, to his face. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, she would have said it. Greg would have been like, no, no, we'll have none of that. And she would have told, <laughs> you're right, Mike. What was I thinking? You know what I mean? <laughs> Mike, do something. <laughs> Scene seven. Now back in the girls' room, Cindy is helping Marsha get dressed in a dress that is way too short for a middle school girl. <laughs> they, <laughs> welcome to 1971, Jimmy. But when Cindy asks if it's the new style, she points out that Marsha's wearing two different color shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this does not make the ribosomes happy. <laughs> While she corrects her shoes, she explains to Cindy how nervous she is. When Cindy asks why, she tells her that she's nervous because of how Greg feels about him. Cindy then asks if she's going to let him kiss her goodnight. Marsha replies, telling Cindy that it's none of her business. As she leaves, of course, with her sweater (laughs) in Los Angeles. When they were just like, well, I don't think it happened yet, but where they were just dunking in a water tank. Exactly. They're about to dunk in a water tank as she leaves with a sweater. (laughs) You know, girls are always cold, I guess. Um, how many times is she going to change her damn clothes? Because they, she had one outfit on, then they changed into jeans and a t-shirt and now she's changing yet again. <laughs> I don't know. She's nervous, Jimmy. Um, also one of her shoes was like totally undone. Like she's acting like she's ready to walk out the door. <laughs> one of her shoes was undone. Like it wasn't even buckled. Hmm. She, I find it hard to believe she's popular. I'm just going to throw that out there. I just think she's just a nervous Nelly and not thinking. I just think she's stupid. Sorry. She's not stupid. <laughs> that sorry. was me. That was me. She might be listening. It could happen. <laughs> Scene eight. 
Down in the kitchen, we see Alice going through the pantry. She seems to be either taking inventory or looking for something. She then comes to the table, sits down, and writes cucumbers when Marcia comes in. I think it was like her own personal list for her room. Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Alice asks if she's looking for something. Marcia says, Greg, Warren will be here any minute, and I want to keep them apart. Alice informs her, much to her relief, that Greg went to the library. Suddenly, the doorbell rings. Marcia gets excited and runs to the door. As soon as Marcia leaves, Greg comes walking in with a book and casually says, Hey, Alice, I'm home. Alice greets him with a hi before realizing that Greg is home and Warren just got there. She suddenly jumps up. Calm down, Jimmy. I know you're nervous. I am. <laughs> uh, she suddenly jumps up and stops Greg, telling him not to go in there. When he asks why, she does some quick thinking and yells, Pie! You didn't have any pie after dinner. And she jumps up and starts getting him some. Greg tries to stop her, telling her he's already had two slices. But Alice explains to him that he had seconds at dinner, but this will be his first on thirds. Greg just shrugs and starts eating his pie. Two things. One is this, to me, this was very reminiscent of the kind of comedy that like Three's Company and stuff would do later on. Oh, you mean like a sexual misunderstanding? (laughs) No. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> this was very reminiscent, reminiscent of the... Um, I have two dates of the prom, one on the well, other side. Well, no, the just like, the way she was like, pie, like making some off the top of her head. And yeah, yeah. This ridiculous premise that she's going to hold somebody in the kitchen by feeding them pie. <laughs> and then how that can stack on and finally gets to the point where the he gets more and more frustrated. I don't want any more fucking pie. And he just fucking leaves the room and all hell breaks loose. That, that's whole, that whole thing is reminiscent of the formula that like... Three's company would end up using. Right, right. You know what I mean? And to me, this it kind of this was the first glimpse I'd seen on an old TV show where it you could see how the later sitcoms evolved from scenes like this. You know, I don't know. Um, but also, she keeps cucumbers in the pantry with the cans. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, that's why she was looking through the pantry. It's like, okay, we need cucumbers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, um, I guess why not? But, I guess. I but when she stands up and talks and stops Greg, mm. that timing was perfect i don't remember that was like perfect timing yeah like as soon as she stood like greg is just casually walking at a pace that he would have been walking yeah. and when she jumps up and stands up in front of him, the timing couldn't have been better it was perfect <laughs> so, nice scene nine hmm. now back in the living room Marsha has answered the door and is entering the living room with warren mm. she tells him that she'll go get her parents And she looks to the top of the stairs. Peter, Bobby, Cindy, and Jan can be seen spying. Hmm. When Warren asks who they are, Marsha tells them that they're a new group called the Nosy Bodies. (laughs) That's fucked up. I can't believe she went there. (laughs) Um, Marsha then asks Cindy to tell mom and dad to come down. Cindy leaves to tell them. A funnier joke that I think would have been there Mm. is... For Cindy to go, okay, mom, and just scream like that's an old, that's a Bill, that's a Cosby Show joke, you know. Right. Uh, but also, uh, I know your answer is going to be like no, but I'm pretty sure you did. Um, <laughs> did you happen to catch Warren's pants? Weren't they stripies or something like that? <laughs> they were so ugly. <laughs> that's what you're going to wear on a date. Well, yeah. Well, it's just are- a middle school girl, so never mind. 
<laughs> yeah, it don't matter. Hmm. So I remember from, I don't know if it was last week. Yeah, it was last, maybe the week before. But we, you had talked about, yeah, it was last week because we were talking about this episode because on the next episode. Yes. And you said that Marsha is going to be dating a high school boy. Yes. And then you said, you know, usually Marsha tends to go for nerds and we'll see what Warren looks like. Oh, yeah, you're right. So yeah, I did see that. what do you think? Is Warren a nerd? No, I don't think so. He's pretty, pretty normal. All-American looking kid. I, I actually kind of, through the episode, I kind of felt a little bit bad for him because I was expecting them to play up. Warren like to be kind of a dick, like him trying to make out with Marsha as soon as they yeah, leave yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he seems like just a genuine like at one point he even asked Greg, like, Greg, man, why are you so Yeah, what's your problem, man? What what did I do? You know? Mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad for Warren. Yeah. But as we'll see later, it wasn't we'll we'll see later. <laughs> I mean it's it was almost kind of like Cobra Kai, like maybe Greg is the bad guy. Right. And Warren is actually the good guy. Greg is the bully. Yeah, just like with Johnny and uh, mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> scene 11. Nope. No? Scene 10. Oh, scene 10. Okay. Back in the kitchen, Greg has scarfed down his pie, politely says thanks to Alice, and tells her that he really needs to get up to his room to study for the test. Alice stops him again, yelling, Ice cream! <laughs> <laughs> Then explains that the ice cream was supposed to be a la mode. You know, the pie was supposed to be a la mode. Yeah. And that he got cheated on every PC8. Oh, hate that. I know. And Alice feels terrible. So he should have like a half gallon coming. Greg finally stands up saying, honest, Alice, I couldn't eat another bite. And leaves before Alice can stop him. Hmm. I thought teenage boys ate a lot. I know mine sure does. So, like, Greg really can't eat anymore? Like, really? He, he needs to eat. He's skinny. He does. He is skinny. You see his shoulders? <laughs> Anyways. Scene 11. Uh-huh. Now, back in the living room, Marsha and Warren are sitting across from each other talking about history. Because mm. that's what you do on dates. Mm-hmm. She is explaining that she gets confused with her dates. Like she didn't understand that it's Warren across from me. I guess, yeah. See what I mean, Terry? I'm Warren. Warren, oh, right. I Man. told you, I get so confused. <laughs> Just as Greg walks in, he spots Warren, then looks at Marsha, seemingly hurt, saying, Marsha? He then asks, what's he doing here? Mm-hmm. Which, if you notice, he didn't even have the balls to address Warren. No. He addresses his sister. Greg straight up came out like a bully here in this scene. Not only a bully, but a bully that doesn't have the balls to address the person he's trying to bully. Right. um, Marsha explains that Warren is taking her to the pizza parlor tonight. Greg, getting mad, asks if this is the guy that she was talking about. When Marsha replies, yeah, Greg tells her that she can leave him alone before Greg throws him out. Hmm. Warren, trying to defuse the situation, asks Greg, what's he so sore about? Mm. Just then, to Marsha's relief, Mike and Carol walk in. She tries to rush things along by introducing her parents to Warren as Greg gets mad and storms out. Greg stops going up the stairs, looking pissed. Mm. You know, I think you're right because this... He came across as a straight-up bully, like, yeah. walked in there straight into his face, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And there? usually bullies are kind of cowards, and he, I'm sorry, but he was kind of acting like a coward. Like, he didn't even walk up saying, what are you doing in my house? 
He's like, what? And he's cheating his face so that Warren can't look at his face. What is he doing here? You know what I mean? Like, you look it's, like a little chicken. It's weird show. because, like, if you're Warren, like, from his perspective, you know, yeah. like, Warren, like, just got first string football. Right, right, right. Yeah, he won student body president. He's clearly better than Greg. Sorry, but. <laughs> and so now this guy's mad at him. Like, why? Why are you so mad at me? Like, what did I do? Like, yes, I know we ran against each other in student body, but I won. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know you were up for first string. I had no right. idea. I just know that I got it. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck? And to me, he kind of came across as like a little Labrador <laughs> sitting in the chair. You know, it's kind of like. And somewhere Jan's looking at Greg going, boo fucking who? Really? <laughs> Imagine losing all that shit to your sister. Boo, fucking new. Poor Greg. So Warren, 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 right? Um, I like I said before, I kind of felt bad for Warren. Um, like he he just seemed honest. Like he honestly didn't know why Greg had a problem. Yeah, he's just like, dude, what's why? What do you say? And why does everybody say sore? Peter says that in the beginning scene too. <laughs> why well, he's so sore at me? Hmm. Okay, scene twelve. <clears throat> Later on in the living room, we see Mike reading the newspaper. While Carol is on the phone talking to Martha. Good old Martha. Carol is such a fucking bitch. Sorry. (laughs) We hear Carol telling her that the kids are excited and can't wait for the carnival and how it's the highlight of the year for them. Carol then seems exasperated as she tells Martha to hold on while she asks Mike. She then asks Mike if the dunking machine is ready. Mike yells into the phone that the dunking machine is ready. Carol, at this point, obviously wants to get off the phone as she nudges Mike and points across the room. Mike, knowing the routine, cuffs his hands over his mouth and yells, Honey, can you come here? (laughs) Carol then lies her ass off, saying something is burning and gets off the phone, and then before rolling her eyes at her friend Martha. You know, this is all still the act that we've talked about in the past. Yes. Like... She wants to talk to Martha. Like, yeah, Martha yeah, is, yeah. like, bringing up shit. She's like, you remember that, that Oh, black- yeah. She loves the gossip that Martha brings up. Martha. Brings yeah. Up. And she just loves... They want to talk some more shit, but, it, yeah. you know, but Mike's sitting there. So, he's like, right. right? Stupid Martha on the phone. Yeah, like, yeah. well, you better get me I off. need your help getting off the phone, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. As <laughs> soon as Mike goes to work. Okay. Sorry about that. My husband wanted me to go off the phone. <laughs> He was just sitting there listening to the conversation that fucking drives me nuts, which I hate that shit too. That's why I don't talk on the phone with in, with anybody in the same room, except earlier when I was talking. To I was going to say, <laughs> I'm still looking at you like, really? Really? Like you paused the show for like held 40 minutes? The, held that shit up to the microphone so I could hear it? Really? <laughs> it was mostly so I could hear it. I didn't feel like taking my headphones off. Anyway, Carol starts explaining to Mike that Martha thought it would be fun to get the principal in the dunking booth. <laughs> Mike agrees, saying it would empty every piggy bank in the school. Carol tells Mike that she thinks it would be fun to get Martha in the dunking machine. Why are there so many piggy banks in that school? I don't know. Shouldn't it be a home underneath kids' beds and stuff? Why did she want to get Martha in the dunking tank? Because she's, she's I totally missed man. that in the episode. She didn't go to college. She didn't have a chance to experiment in the college. She wants to get Martha in the dunking tank. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. And Mike was like, uh-oh. Uh, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes. But what about the black chick down the street? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I was a joke. God. When we hear Martha walk in saying, good night, Warren. Thank you. Carol asks Marsha if she had a good time. Marsha replies, it was all right. (laughs) 
Mike's surprise asks, just all right? But Marsha explains that he's the same as the boys in the junior high class, except he shaves once a month. She goes on to say that he puts on some smelly aftershave lotion and that she thought it was his pizza at first. Compelling stories. I, I think on that point, I think she really laughed. I don't think that oh, was an yeah, act. Because yeah, yeah. it, it, I think it was pretty obvious that it, it probably just struck her funny. <laughs> like he put on aftershave and I thought it was the pizza first. And when she break, you, I think she completely broke character. <laughs> Maybe. She then changes tone and she says she was going to invite him to the school carnival Friday night. When Carol asks what made her change her mind, Marsha explains that Warren wasn't really that great. And she didn't see the point in making her brother that upset. She then kisses her parents goodnight on the lips, no less. Just thought I'd throw that mm-hmm. out there. And goes upstairs. Well, at least to Carol anyway. Her and Carol go mm. <laughs> right on the lips. I was like, damn. Anyway, and then she goes to bed. Um, Carol was irritating the piss out of me in the scene. <laughs> well, first of all, it's shocking. Yeah. But go ahead. In my notes, you could tell I was irritated when I watched this. Because my notes, all my notes says is, Carol is such a bitch and her <laughs> mullet is fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah, which you've mentioned several times. You might just put that note on every episode. It's a so, mullet. It's a straight up mullet. No, I agree. And I also agree Carol can be such a bitch. So yeah. Just every episode, yeah. Not okay. that you're not wronged about bringing it up every episode because you're right. But <laughs> it should be a copy and paste. <laughs> I mean, it might be a writing thing. Maybe the writers didn't know how to write for a female character. I don't know. That's, but. It's clearly that's what yeah, I mean, God. Is. All right. <laughs> Scene 13. Marsha has now gone upstairs and is wearing her nightgown with a robe over it and is going into the bathroom to brush her teeth. Greg spots her through the mirror and walks in saying, Marsha, as soon as you're done, I want to talk to you. Mm. Marsha, excited to tell Greg that she's not going out with Warren anymore, in part to make him feel better, she gets out. I've decided, but Greg interrupts saying, I don't care what you've decided. Damn. I don't want you going out with Warren ever again. Mm. Marsha tries to explain to Greg that she wasn't going to, but Greg raises his voice louder saying, no buts. You better not go out with him. I'm telling you once and for all. Marsha, realizing how shitty she's being treated, stands up for herself, asking Greg, since when did you become my boss? Mm. Greg replies, you heard me, Marsha. Don't go out with him again. Mm. And I'm pointing at you like you're Marsha. Marsha yells back, and what if I do? Greg, unsure what to do next, says, well, Miss Benedict Arnold, you'll find out what. Marsha brushes her teeth in a huff. Did I do it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, gee, I, I've never seen anybody... Be so intimidating when they brush their teeth. Marshall pulled that shit off. She's like, fucking teeth, fucking plaque. Sticks her tongue out. She goes, ah. (laughs) Brushing her tongue. Greg is such a whiny little bitch, man. Like, like who gives a shit if your sister's dating somebody dude you don't like? You just met her like fucking two years ago. Like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> like, oh no, you don't like the boy or your sister's yeah, right. dating? Who fucking cares? Yeah. I remember tons of dudes my sister did I didn't like. Like, who cares? I mean, I I, I felt I kind of felt bad for Marsha because she's she was trying to do something nice. She was like, you know what? I'm gonna think about my brother. He wasn't that great of a guy. You know what? I'm not gonna invite him. 
Yeah, just for and then she goes and does something good, and then she gets treated like shit for it. So, um, poor Marsha. <laughs> I I put it's it's one of those things where my note is the way it reads is funnier than the actual point to <laughs> it. But I wrote down obviously, <laughs> obviously Greg has been sitting alone up all night in his room. <laughs> Just yeah. the way he comes out, could you tell he's been thinking about fucking Warren? No, I took that back. <laughs> he's been, what was he doing laying yeah. in his bed? He's been, he's been thinking about Warren <laughs> and how shitty the situation is all night by himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was up to like, I, I should kick his ass. I should, I'm going to fuck him up when I see him. You know, and you know, he, he was stands like, up and like looks in the mirror. Yeah. He's like, what would you say, Warren? <laughs> What'd you say? No, no. He backs up. He's you like, know he was. You he's know like, he... hey, Warren, you got books there you're carrying? Not anymore. And then try to knock, and knock him out of his hand. And you know he was yeah. doing that shit where he'd roll over his bed and then like punch the bed really quick? Like, <laughs> fucking Warren. Um, <laughs> Were we dating my sister? But what's funny is you know Mike and Carol didn't even come and check on him. Because <laughs> he went stomping upstairs all pissy. And they were just like, oh, hey, Warren, nice to meet you. And like... <laughs> you know, you didn't never once and Mike say, well, let me go check on Greg, make sure he's okay. No, fuck that. No, Greg right. sat up all stair, upstairs all night thinking about Warren, and now he's all <laughs> pissed off hanging on the Martian. Anyway. Like, should we go check on Greg? Like, no, fuck Greg. He was a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Greg and Marsha dating him, it's just Marsha. So. <laughs> so on that note, this is where we ne- take our next break. Oh, all right. Yes. So Marsha went out on a date and is on the fence as to whether to go out again. Hmm. But Greg is being a whiny little bitch about it because Warren is better than him. Hmm. Will Greg grow some balls now that Marsha has? <laughs> we will find out. We will. We'll be back. Hello, listeners of Random Other Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. Hey, everybody. If you like podcasts like whatever podcast this is, then come listen to the Mad Scientist Podcast, a weekly show on the history, philosophy, and hard science between fringe and paranormal claims. Marie, what are some topics we've covered in the past? We have covered UFOs. We've covered economic collapse. We have covered cats. We did cover cats pretty, pretty mm-hmm. distinctly. Yes. If you like podcasts and a little bit of humor and a little bit of singing. And some cats. Come listen to the Mad Scientist <laughs> podcast, please. Shoot. And we are back. We're back. We're back. That was uh-huh. a good break. That was a very uh-huh. cartwheel free break. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So, yep. In the last uh, last half, you know, things are, are heating up between Greg and Marsha. Yep. You know, it's like it's like WWE at the Brady House. You know what I mean? The way they're. Yep. Um. I, I purpose. I don't really. Or, or personally, I don't really 100 percent care for for confrontation. Right. And I don't think you do either, but has there ever been a time where, I mean, cause we had talked earlier in this, that Greg, he was addressing it to Marsha when really 
arguably he should have addressed it to Warren because Warren's the guy she that he doesn't like. Right. Has there ever been a time where you've had to not shy away from confrontation? Like, have you ever had to like, and I don't mean in a work scenario where you were supervised. I'm not talking about that, but I mean, right. have you ever been in a situation like Greg where you actually had to stand up to somebody and actually had to? Um, yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me start off by saying I've never really been in a fight before. Yeah. And there was a time that. where I tried to get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said you tried because that implies failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, failure because the guy ran off. Oh, damn, look at you. <laughs> yeah. You got the Navy training. Snap you this is, this was in middle school, oh, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in eighth grade because you were not there. Oh, so that, oh, you got in a fight because I wasn't there. Oh, well, I didn't get into a fight, oh, okay. but it never happened. But Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. I've heard the story, I think. So this guy, it was in summer school, and this guy had taken my calculator watch because oh, I was yeah, that yeah. cool. I remember the calculator watch. <laughs> and if you ever listened to Zach's feature, it was the raised button Hell calculator yeah, watch. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, so I had it in class and I was in summer school for math. It was me and Ron, friend of the show. Um, and Miss Hovden. Miss Hovden. Ron will understand that. No, it wasn't Miss Hovden. It was Miss Canty. Oh, okay. Miss Canty? Uh, yeah. And, uh, so I had my calculator watch. It was sitting on the table. Actually, I let a friend borrow it and he left it on the table as he went up to the front of the class and came back and was stolen by another kid in our class. How do you know he stole it? Um, cause he, everybody in the class was telling me that he stole it, <laughs> that oh, people okay. saw him steal it. All right. So <clears throat> after class was over, I, I confronted him about it. Hey, did you steal my watch? And he goes, I didn't steal your watch, man. And he was on his bike, just kind of slowly circling around me. And we were outside Kennedy middle school and, uh, I could see the watch hanging out of his pocket. Huh. I was like, you can see my watch right there. He goes, I ain't got your watch, man. I was like, yes, you do. Come here. And then he just rode off on his bike. You never get your watch back? No. But the guy let borrow my watch, like, he felt bad. It was Benny Donald. You remember Benny Donald? Yeah, I remember Benny Donald. He felt bad. And so, like, he was like, man, I feel bad. Your watch got stolen. And so, like, he's like, hey, if you, like, follow me after school, because his mom was picking us up, picking him up, follow me home. Like, my mom wants to give you money for the watch. And I was like, really? You don't have to. It's not your fault. Don't worry about it. He's like, no. Like, well, it kind of is. is. I, mean, I mean, I guess. No but. offense, Benny, but that was kind of your fault, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so we followed him back to his mom or his house. And his mom, like, wrote me a check for, like, I was like 10 bucks. Or something. Did it bounce? <laughs> no, it's kind of, it's kind of. So anyway, so that was, like, the only time I tried to confront somebody. About something. Right. I think it might have been. might not. No, there was another time in the Navy. Where I literally threw somebody up against the wall by their throat. <laughs> wow. But I mean, that was more of a manager situation. Sort of. I mean, it's not really by the It box, wasn't like a Russian spy or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It yeah. was a Russian spy and I caught him. That's when you infiltrated that, that German U-boat, right? Yeah. You had to get that, that Enigma machine? The crypt, crypto, cryptic, crypto, cryptonic, yeah. cryptograph? Yeah, and called? you like slammed against the wall. I was like, listen, man, I'm not going to jail for you or anybody. <laughs> I said, listen, bucko. There That's you what go. I said. I called him a bucko. <laughs> okay. So let's. I well, guess, did you have a story? Um, I never really. There, I, well, <laughs> at one time, it's ironic that I just thought of the story. At one time, I fucking hated my sister's boyfriend. Oh, this is one up in Illinois. I've never in my life hated somebody the way I hated this guy. Well, this is very in line here with Greg. Yeah. 
And it's like you can date anybody in the world except that guy. He was What's such he doing here? A piece of shit. Like <laughs> he was such a piece of garbage. Did he take like lead in the play you were trying to get? No, it was a musical. But no. <laughs> Did he get the solo that you wanted? No, nah, he just he was one of these guys that like thought he was in a gang and he thought he was a punk and yeah. He just, he treated my sister like shit and he was a fucking piece of garbage and I just I really couldn't stand the guy. Garbage human. Yeah. And um so I'm driving to work and he's yeah. walking down the street and this <laughs> is so juvenile and I don't know what my problem was but he waved to me. <laughs> and this guy knew I didn't like him and he fucking waved to me. Right? It's his wave shit. Yeah. So I threw the car in park, and the next thing I know, I'm chasing full speed down the street after this guy. <laughs> like I'm sprinting as fast as I can chasing this guy down the street because he fucking waved to me. Right. <laughs> and I stopped when I realized what I, it's almost like I blacked out. I realized what I was doing. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I got to go to work. So I got in the car and went to work. And the next time I saw him, I told him, I don't want you to step. If you step prop, if step foot on my property again, I'm going to kick your ass. I don't want you anywhere near my house. <laughs> So whenever he would come over to talk to my sister, he would stand in the neighbor's driveway and yell to her, like, Kelly! Kelly! Like, yeah. And my sister would complain about it and be like, well, I don't think it's fair that he can't. I said, he can come on property all he wants, but I'm going to beat the shit out of him if he does. So if he wants to come on property, go ahead. All right, Greg. I fucking hate this guy. To this day, like, last time I heard he's been in prison, like, the last 20 years, but I fucking hate this guy. Can't stand this. To this day, I hate this guy. And yet you were giving Greg a bunch of shit. I was, yeah. And you were worse than Greg. Yep. Because <laughs> I had the balls to actually try to kick his ass, <laughs> as opposed to Greg addressing his sister. But through that. So yeah, not proud of it, but no, fuck that guy, yeah. garbage human. So when we left off, Greg got beat by Warren Mullaney and can't handle it. Aww. To make matters worse, Marsha started dating him, mm. which infuriated Greg. Mm. Will the two siblings kiss and make up like they did in a very Brady sequel? <laughs> See, that's a reference because it's from this episode. Never mind. <laughs> Let's find out. All right. So scene 14. Yes. <clears throat> a long one. Here we go. We're down in the kitchen and the kids getting their lunches ready and are arguing about who will get what sandwich. Greg and Marsha are sitting at the table, still angry and not talking. Finally, Alice whistles really loud and shouts, hold it, to stop the stop the commotion. Carol puts her foot down, telling the kids whatever they have in their hands, that's their lunch, and reminds them that they're going to be late. The kids leave the kitchen, still arguing about lunch, leaving Greg and Marcia at the table. They glare at each other. Greg finally asks, did you think about what I said last night? But Marcia doesn't answer, just <laughs> stares. Greg asks if she heard him and asks what she's going to do about it. What are you going to do about it? Marcia tells Greg that she's going to ask Warren to go to the school carnival with her. Marcia then tells Greg that she wasn't going to until Greg opened his big fat mouth. Oh, shit. Greg warns her that she better not. Oh. But Marcia is on a roll and tells him not only that, but she's going to start dating him even harder. That's a... (laughs) Office reference. (laughs) But she's going to ask him to come home after school today and help her with her homework. Oh, damn. Greg then informs Marsha that she's really asking for trouble. You're really asking for it. Marsha, now pissed, begins to flat out argue with Greg as Carol and Mike enter the kitchen. 
Mm. When Carol comes over asking if this is a shouting match, Marsha unleashes her frustration, explaining that Greg, thinking he is her boss and thinks he can tell her who she can go out with and who she can't. Greg has a look like he's been caught and is speechless. Mike looks at Greg, asking if he said that. But before Greg can defend himself, Marsha speaks up again, saying, that's exactly what he said. And if I go out with Warren or ask him to come over, he'll make trouble for me. Greg looks like he can't believe that Marsha told on him like that, as Carol whisks Marsha away, saying she'll be late for school. When Greg tries to get up and go to school too, Mike stops him, explaining that he has more time and sits him back down. Mike rolls up his sleeves as he calmly says, You never answered my question. Greg is honest, simply saying, Yes, sir, I said that. Carol then speaks up, explaining to Greg that it's not up to him to decide who Marsha goes out with. Greg then pleads his case, explaining how he felt when he saw her worst enemy sitting right there in his own goddamn living room. Mike, still calm, firmly says, This is Marsha's home, too. And as long as your mother and I approve, she can invite anyone over that she wants to. Greg, not liking the answer, stands up to walk away. But not before being stopped by Mike, confirms by asking, is that clear? Greg answers, yes, sir, and leaves. But then before stopping and turning around asking, does that go for the rest of us too? Mike and Carol ensure him that it does. Greg grins, says great, and walks out. Carol and Mike seem suspicious at Greg's sudden turnaround. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that whole scene read as, like, sexual tension to me. Yeah. I mean, the way you read it. No, I mean, um, <laughs> between uh, Marsha and Greg, it just, yeah. they're staring at each other. It's just like they wanted to just tear each other's clothes off right then and there. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, there was something really effective about Mike rolling up his sleeve. It's such a, a <laughs> simple thing. I mean, at no time did I think he was going to like beat the shit out of Greg or anything, <laughs> right. but I don't know. Just the, how calm he was when he did it. It just, it was really effective at building up the tension. I think. Right. I don't know why. It's I don't an effective even, tactic. It's another <laughs> technique. Uh, it's another, you know, testament that, that Robert Reed was a really good <laughs> Mike Brady. I can't picture anybody else doing it. You know, right. just simple <laughs> things like that. In the opening of the scene where it's like all the kids are like, oh, no, I wasn't there. Is it like that every fucking morning? And if so, have, why haven't they dealt with it before now? I know. I mean, like, Make everybody the same lunch. Fuck it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, if it's not like this every morning, why is this morning so different? Exactly. That all, it's not two people just arguing. It's all of them or right, four right, of right. them arguing. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't understand why they have six different lunches for six different kids. <laughs> well, first of all, it takes forever. Second, you yeah. know they're going to fucking argue about it. So just make them all the same lunch. Yeah, I agree. Scene 15. We see the Brady booth decorated with flowers. We see Bobby and Peter run over to pick up some balls to throw. As Alice helps <laughs> Cindy... What's that? <laughs> balls. They oh. pick up balls. As Alice helps Cindy right. up to the top of the booth. Bobby asks why he can't be first. Cindy explains because it's ladies first. Peter then asks Bobby when he's going to grow up. Bobby wisely explains when he gets older. Alice then gets Cindy set and tells Peter to hold on because when she takes a bath, she wants hot water, a little privacy, 
and a lot of bubbles. <laughs> Gross. Peter gets ready to throw as Cindy pinches her nose, but Peter misses. But Peter simply explained that he's not warmed up yet and to give him a chance. He throws again and nails it, sending Cindy into the water. Boom, splash. Peter brags to Bobby, asking if he saw that and that it was right smack in the middle. Mm. Bobby tells him that Vita Blue, I hope it's Vita, if not Vita, Vita, probably Vita. You're going to hear from Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby tells him that Vita Blue better start worrying about his job. Cindy comes out from around the tank asking why she can't do it again. Bobby explains because it's his turn as he sprints over to the tank. Alice then runs off with Cindy to bake cookies, leaving mm. Bobby to be dunked alone without adult supervision <laughs> into a tank clearly above his head. <laughs> Genius. Peter throws the first pitch, but misses. Bobby, eager to get into the water, replies, come on, hit the target. Peter gets defensive, saying, I'm trying to. Just then, Carol Party Pooper Brady comes out telling Peter it's time to do homework. But when Peter says in a minute, Carol ruins the party by saying not in a minute now. Damn. Once Peter agrees and Carol knows she ruined the kid's fun, <laughs> she fucking grins and waves. That pissed me off even more. Bobby, disappointed, says, hey, I want to get dunked. Bobby then gets an idea. He sits on the dunking booth and hits the level with his hand, sending him into the water. Peter comes to the comes to check on him, telling him he makes a dumb looking mermaid. Hmm. The the trees behind them. That's awesome. Yeah, this is the scene that's where you see like horrible. the wall in yeah. the corner of the room. Why they didn't stand to a rounded corner, I have no uh, idea. But. but also Cindy Cindy genuinely looked like she was struggling in that tank. Like a I little bit. I don't think she knew how to swim that well. <laughs> but she could just stand, but it was like trying to get in the upright yeah. position. Yeah. Maybe. Scene 16. Marsha and Warren are getting busy. Oh, shit. Doing homework in the family room. Marsha is being quizzed on history when they're interrupted by Jan, who is standing in the doorway going, Psst. Psst. When she gets Marsha's attention, she waves her over. Marsha then throws Jan completely under the bus, telling Warren that Jan is still in the child phase and still likes to tell secrets. Yeah, that was kind of a bitch move. I'm sorry, but yeah. Jan yanks Marsha into the kitchen to tell her the huge news that Greg is on his way home from school. Marsha looks excited, saying she can't wait to see his face when Greg sees Warren here. Jan knocks Marsha down on a peg. Oh, peg. <laughs> Pushes her out of that peg. Jan knocks Marsha down a peg or two, telling her that Greg is bringing someone home himself. Kathy Lawrence. The girl that beat Marsha out of cheerleading. Marsha seems disgusted at this hoe, explaining to Jan that Greg knows Kathy is at the bottom of her list. When Jan looks for dirt, asking Marsha what she's going to do about it, Marsha grins and says, Nothing. Not a thing. Jan looks disappointed, asking, nothing? But Marsha goes on to say that she's not going to let Kathy bug her one bit. Jan looks disappointed as Marsha leaves. Hmm. I don't know why my note says Jan is so childish. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. It's Marsha saying that, like, Jan is so childish. Hold on, Warren. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I gotcha. Um, 
I, I can't stand it when people look for gossip like this. That's like a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I hate people that are like that. Like she's, so what are you going to do about it? Like you could tell she's just fucking relishing in that shit. Like right. she just gets off on that. Like none of your fucking business. Like go away. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Don't you have some kind of like rodeo outfit to wear or something? Get the fuck out of here. God, can't stand that shit. <laughs> Scene 17. Back to Marsha and Warren doing homework. Marsha is trying to remember what a parallelogram is. Just as she remembers, she sees Greg walking up the driveway with Kathy. She pauses for a moment, but regains her composure to continue explaining what a parallelogram is. Just as she finishes explaining, Greg and Kathy walk in. Greg is polite and introduces her, expecting a response from Marsha. But Marsha is very polite and introduces Warren in return but adds that Warren is on the first-string basketball team. <laughs> I thought the shit was kind yeah. of funny. Greg then brags about Kathy, saying she's head cheerleader now. Marsha looks impressed and even congratulates Kathy, who seems nice, telling Marsha that she's sorry she couldn't be on the cheerleader cheerleading squad and tells her it's really fun. But Marsha takes it in stride, saying, I can't win them all. Greg looks upset, but smiles and walks Kathy into the living room. <laughs> it's funny. I have to admit, when I first wrote these notes, I was trying to think of every possible way to spell Kathy just to fuck with us. I I saw that. I was like, spell Kathy a totally weird fucking way. But I ran out of ways to spell Kathy, and I went back through, and I thought I corrected them all, but I missed some, obviously. So it was spelled tons of different ways, it and was I was so just going to try to mess with us. Because when you spelled K-A-T-H-E-Y there, yeah. I was like... He's fucking with me. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. Kathy like that. Oh, it was. There's a lot more to come, and they were all different. But then I oh, read it. Oh, he stopped. <laughs> I, I went and changed them all back. But. <laughs> um, I love how I. I really, truly love how Marsha handled this. For sure. Uh, to me, yeah. that's like uh, freaking awesome. Um, Everything about it was awesome. Like her being, it's cool. Whatever. Hey, congratulations. Oh, this is Horn. <laughs> His first basketball team. <laughs> well, what's funny is now Greg is stuck hanging out with some chick that he probably didn't even want to hang out with. Right. And it's not even effective. Like, it's right. not even what. So. Which I don't understand because she's kind of cute. And right? then we yeah. find out in later episodes, spoiler alert, that um, they, I guess her and Marshall become friends. Yeah. So that's kind of we'll cool, see too. Because she makes an appearance in the next episode. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So we get to see more of Kathy. <laughs> kind of excited. Maybe she has, like, multiple personalities, like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Is that maybe... Some sort of like backstory there, yeah, because she was in it with David Hasselhoff. <laughs> the Hoff. So. I like how Greg and Marsha are basically trying to make each other jealous. I mean, I know we discussed this in the beginning of the erotic, episode, but yeah. it's just like, oh, look at this boy. And also, Kathy, he's got a really big dick, and he fingered me at lunch. <laughs> you know, and then the like, oh, I haven't seen Greg's dick yet, but it's like, well, you might be disappointed. <laughs> I was waiting for like Greg to be like, oh, why don't you give me a kiss really quick, Kathy, before we go into the living room? And have Marsha be like, yeah, Warren, why don't you give me one too? And the next thing you know, they're like full on like making out with her, you know. And right. poor Warren and Kathy are like, what the hell's going on? Like, why are they being like this? I know, these are the real like people that are getting screwed over. Yeah. All right. So scene 18, Greg and Kathy walk into the dining room and sit down. She begins explaining that she was surprised to see Greg today and that she didn't even think Greg remembered her. Greg tells her that he really digs the way she leads those cheers and asks her to do it for him right there. <laughs> what a dick. She tries to get out of it, saying she would be too embarrassed and tells him she'd come over to study. But Greg insists, assuring her that he'll help her 
with her homework. Kathy reluctantly agrees and goes out in the middle of the room. She begins to do the cheer, but quietly and with not much energy. She finally stops, clearly embarrassed, but gives in when Greg pleads again. Now Kathy is cheering as loud as she can, finally getting the attention of Marcia. Marcia casually walks into the dining room where Greg is cheering, telling Kathy how good of a job she did. And to Greg's surprise, Marcia agrees, telling her that Greg thinks it's better than the cheerleading for the first string basketball team. Then looks at Greg and tells him, I hope you're still not sulking about being replaced. <laughs> so awesome. Greg, clearly embarrassed and furious, grabs Marcia by the arm and takes her into the kitchen. She's making up now. Leaving Kathy alone and probably embarrassed. <sighs> what a dick. First of all, Greg yeah. is being like super creepy. Like, why don't you dance for me, honey? And she's like, yeah. no, I don't want to. I said, dance for me. And then she's like, I'll be, no. He's like, do a chair for me while I sit in this chair and watch. You know, you could keep the same exact lines and stage direction that Greg had. Yeah. But instead have it played by a 40 year old man and it would <laughs> totally come across as like a child monster. Like yeah, it was just, it's just a dick movie. He didn't have any interest in her either. And it's right, just right, like, right. Um, and she even kind of alludes to it too. Cause newsflash women aren't as stupid as some men like to believe they are. <laughs> and she even alludes to it in the beginning. Like, I don't even think you remember me. And all of a sudden he came up and asked me out. She knows what the fuck's up. Um, no, but it's funny because my note says, what a whiny little asshole. Holy shit. Like Greg <laughs> is such a whiny little bitch, man. Like drop it. You can't be that pissed at him. If he put as much energy into fucking student body president and his basketball game, <laughs> he wouldn't have lost to Warren. <laughs> the fuck? Why aren't you outside playing basketball? Like that's obviously what you need to be doing. You lost. Hmm. But anyways. do you remember the cheer? No, but it sucked. <laughs> That's another one of my notes. That sure was terrible. It was awful. I don't remember it either, but it wasn't like your typical, give me an F, give me an F. You know, you know I don't remember it. I don't know. Scene 19. In the kitchen, Greg and Marsha are whisper yelling at each other <laughs> as Greg tells Marsha how that was a dirty trick. Marsha retorts saying that he invited Miss Rara. <laughs> but Greg counters saying she started it by bringing over that sardine. Ooh. All this goes on while the kids watch with enjoyment through the sliding glass door. <laughs> they're pretending there's glass there. Yeah. <laughs> they're like holding their hands and they're all like different distances away from mm -hmm. the quote glass. And it's just like so funny. <laughs> but also like, you know, you know, Warren and Kathy can hear you, right? Like <laughs> neither one of them are in separate rooms. Like they're just through an opening. Yeah. <laughs> like the kitchen into the dining room has no door. The nope. kitchen into the anti Alice room has no door. In fact, <laughs> it's got a window as well. They can fucking hear you. You know, they can hear you. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <clears throat> Scene 20. Carol, Mike and Alice pull up in the driveway in the family station wagon, each carrying a bag of groceries. They stop and notice the kids staring through the sliding glass doors and ask what's going on. The kids run over telling them how Greg and Marsha are really going at it. <laughs> and they're like, wow, like, right like there in how, the kitchen. Like how? Yeah. <laughs> when asked what, the kids explain it's because they brought over Kathy and Warren to bug each other. Mike <laughs> getting frustrated saying the entire thing is starting to bug him as he hands Alice his bag of groceries and storms off to solve the issue. 
Carol, apparently feeling left out as a parent, hands her bag to Alice as well and runs after Mike. Alice starts feeling like she's going to drop the groceries and starts yelling, Mayday! Mayday! As Peter just stands there staring at her. <laughs> he didn't even offer to, hey, he's looking at her like, okay. Better pick up your but groceries, Made. Where is Carol going? Like, after Mike. Right. But, I mean, there's groceries to come inside. I know. They're going to the kitchen. But why? Why does she need to go? The same bug in her. It's bugging Mike. So <laughs> just stay where the fuck you're at. Deal with the groceries. You're going to go to the kitchen anyways. Right. Just keep the groceries like, in your hand. You're going to the kitchen. <sighs> hey, um, hey, hey. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. <clears throat> scene 21. Marsha and Greg are still arguing. But as they see Mike and Carol walk up... They start to calm down as they begin trying to hide their argument. When Mike says they should have a little talk, Marsha tries to get out of it by saying she has a guest in the family room. But Mike smells that bullshit and says he can wait. Hmm. Greg tries the same trick, but Carol, simply copping off of Mike, <laughs> says that she can wait too. <laughs> Why is Carol only glaring at Greg when, they, when she's like, you know, pointing him to go talk? Right. Like, she's, like, glaring at Greg. She's not glaring at Marsha. Of course she's, she's glaring not. at Greg. She has a problem with the boys. Tell you. <sighs> okay. Scene 22. We're now in Mike's office slash den. Mike starts by saying, you both have been behaving very badly. Carol jumps in saying, that's putting it mildly. Can't you see what you've been doing? Marsha tries to simplify it, saying, I've been fighting with Greg. But Mike puts it into perspective, saying, but you've involved other people. You've been using Warren and Kathy. Marcia, confused, asks, what do you mean using them? Carol and Mike explain that she kept seeing Warren even after she said he wasn't all that great. Mike asks, did he suddenly get great? Or was he the best way at getting back at Greg? Carol then makes it hit home by saying, I think Warren had the impression that you really liked him. As Marsha begins looking guilty and feeling bad, Mike now directs things to Greg, asking him if Kathy was his choice for a date, or was she just the best thorn he could find to put in Marsha's side. Greg admits that there are other girls he'd rather see. Carol finally asks them, can't you see how selfish you've been? They both think about it for a moment, and Greg finally admits that he doesn't know what else to say, other than he's sorry. Marcia admits she is too. Mike then gives them the old, don't tell us, tell them. Um, um, what's funny is I, you were reading that and I had a point and I totally lost it. I got so Damn. involved with the storyline that I was like totally forgotten. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. When you said, um, I think Warren had the impression that um, you really liked him. I think in a <laughs> I was expecting Carol to come out with, now, Marsha, you're never going to date a college guy if you keep treating guys like this. Like, I get a feeling that Mar that Carol is more upset that she, you know, may not be able to date a high school kid again. Like, that's you're what she's upset totally about. You're going to totally screw this up. You're going to screw up your dating life. Because you know it's like the Renaissance period and you're supposed to marry rich. Um, but also, when Greg says, um, there are other girls I'd rather see, Mike looks so damn proud. <laughs> He's like, oh, there are other girls you'd like to see. That's awesome. Carol asks, can't you see what you've been doing? Marcia says, 
I was fighting with Greg. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> you know what you've been doing? Yes. Fighting with Greg. Like, Sitting here listening to you lecture me. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> um, what are they going to say to their dates, by the way? Like, Marshall's going to be like, sorry, Warren, I just brought you over here to make my brother jealous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg's like, sorry, Kathy, I just wanted to make Marsha jealous. Like, what are they going to say to them? Well, going back to my previous note, the previous scene, like, I know, I think Carol and Mike know that, like, they heard them. Like, they know what's going on. Like, yeah. They can clearly see what's going on. Yep. So, <clears throat> scene 23. In the backyard, we see Alice collecting towels the kids have left around the dunk tank. She realizes there are a couple that she can't reach and begins to climb up to the top of the tank. Just as she gets to the top and reaches the towel, Greg and Marsha come out asking if Alice has seen Warren and Kathy. Alice tells us that they have, quote unquote, split, as the kids say. Hmm. Greg reasons that they probably got mad at him. But Alice disagrees, saying that they looked kind of chummy. And that Warren asked Kathy to the pizza place and to the carnival. Aww. He invited her to a middle school carnival. It has nothing to do with it. Anyways. <laughs> no, I thought of that too. <laughs> Greg tells Marsha that they still have to apologize and that they should go down to the pizza parlor. So Greg asks Marsha to the pizza parlor. Okay. Uh, Marsha says, far out, as they leave, leaving Alice up in the dunk tank. Just then, the totally unthinkable happens. What? Alice snags the lever with a towel and gets sent into the water. Didn't see that coming at all. Oh, Alice. She's upset at first. And then realizes how nice it is and begins playing in the water. She was playing too. She's like putting water out. Yeah, right? Yeah. I put on here, once you've seen that corner, you just cannot unsee it. That looks so <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, what purpose did this prop fill? Like, what's the purpose of this? Uh, thing? It I served like no idea, purpose at all. I felt I kind of had an idea you were going to bring this up. This is just another B storyline. That's well, all. I think that originally the plan was to have a cameo get dunked. Like they were, I, yeah, I got a feeling that they were originally going to put in a scene where we see the dunk tank at the carnival and it was going to be a cameo on there. Like some celebrity person, kind of like how they had the guy from Gilligan's Island in the season opener, okay. that they were going to have some cameo get dunked in the dunk tank. Um, but then it never happened. Um, but they could have easily done this entire storyline without that dunk tank. I just thought it was a B storyline. That's all. But that's a lot of trouble to go through for a B storyline. They had to to build that set. Yeah. And make it watertight and the safety issue with the kids. Because not only do the kids have to climb 10 or 12 feet off the ground to get into it, but it's a tank full of water that was really above their heads. Yeah. So. Oh, God. So I wrote, geez, the kids can't clean up after themselves because she was up there picking up towels that all the kids had left, you know. Um, so they're using this as a swimming pool. The kids are straight up using this as a swimming pool. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I said, damn, their dates are dicks. But well, yeah, that's again, because they heard what happened. They're like, yeah, fuck this. I don't, I don't agree with that note anymore. I think they were yeah. spot on. Um, Marsha and Greg still, oh, they still go on a date together. Oh, that's and she said adorbs. far out because uh, Alice was saying how she's like, where Warren was like, hey, you want to go here? And, and Kathy was like, far out. You want to go over there? And Kathy was like, oh, that's far right. out. Because Marsha said something like, far out. Like, yeah, you can tell then, she feels stupid saying it. And then Greg's like, hey, you want to go? She goes, far out. And uh, yeah. So <laughs> so Greg and Marsha go on a date to the pizza. Like he literally asked her out on a date. Mm. Okay. 
You heard it here, folks. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Scene 24. It is now nighttime. And Marsha wakes up in Greg's bed. No, that's not what happened. (laughs) And the Brady's are coming home from the carnival. They are all carrying balloons. Jan, a baseball bat. Cindy, a glove. Marsha, a plane. Mike, a goldfish. Greg, a stuffed animal. And Carol, a magnifying glass. When Cindy asks Alice what she got, Alice says, a pair of those silly trick handcuffs. You go, girl. Yeah, I put you go, girl. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. She got this. And she's like, no, I don't want the fluffy shit on it. No, take that fluffy (laughs) shit off. I want the handcuff. (laughs) As everyone leaves, Alice stays behind, sits down, and when she puts her coat down, it is revealed that she can't get the handcuffs off. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. So here we are again. It's another night that Alice could have stayed home and just relaxed, but yet she had to go to the carnival. (laughs) With the entire family. I see something happening like, honey, do you want a funnel cake? Sure. No, no, you don't have, we got a housekeeper. No, <laughs> Alice, get back there and help him. Like, no, no, you take a break for a minute. Alice, will go back there and make funnel cake. I would sure love a funnel cake, but that's a long line. You, that's expensive. I'll take care of it for you. Alice, Alice you can make funnel cakes, right? Alice, why don't you stay in that line for, for yeah. Mrs. Brady? Exactly. Ah, oh, jeez. So that's the end of the episode. All right. Cool. Cool. That was, that was fun. It was fun. I can see how they parodied uh, that episode in the Brady Bunch, mm-hmm. the sequel. So do you think that Greg and Marsha humped? I mean, speak, I'm trying to, I know this isn't a real TV show. You know what I mean? I know it's not reality, but. Wait, what? If <laughs> They're, what, 14, 15, somewhere on there? 16, 15. 16, 15. Um, I mean, I, I, I can <laughs> imagine that. If two families join together, when the and this is only a, a year or two removed from that, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to imagine that having that many kids somewhere along the line, somebody's probably going to have a slight crush at least at first. Right. I mean, I was because just, they're at the end of the day, they're not related. Right. It was mostly just a joke because they were yeah. on a date. Yeah. Like, do you think they? I didn't mean to go on like a whole. Well, no, no. But I mean, but I start, <laughs> I've thought about it throughout the the shows that we've you know done. Yeah. And. I mean, at the end of the day, they're not related. I mean, even if Mike was to formally adopt them and Carol was to formally adopt the boys, they're yeah, still not related. They're they're stepbrother and sisters. They're not related. Right. So they could date. You know, look at Clueless. In the Clueless, she dates her stepbrother. <laughs> that's true. So that's a second Clueless reference. For exactly. You. Yeah. So <laughs> that's because I know you love the movie. Apparently, you did. Too. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So the time has come. I have an email to read. Uh, I always get nervous at emails. I know you do. Gosh. And when I saw this on the notes, I'm like, God dang it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you now that some of it seems bad, but it does end on a good note. <laughs> a hopeful note or a good note? It's a good note. Okay. Good. Okay. So this is from, all I can say is listener from Minnesota. Did she rep- did the person, I, I don't know why I said she, most of it's our a listeners girl. It's a female. Okay. Well, most of our listeners are female. Um, did she give her name and we're not allowed to say it? Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, we went back okay. and forth a couple times. Okay. And, uh, right, I was like, sorry, if I read it, she goes, don't say my name, just say listener from Minnesota. Okay, that works. I assume Minnesota, MN, is that Minnesota? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I have a note on that after you read this though. Okay. So good. It's kind of a long one, but I'm going to try to paraphrase a little bit. But she starts off by saying, I'm not even sure if you're still recording right now or if this will be received, but I wanted to say I first found your podcast because I searched Brady Bunch. Nice. And I saw it and gave it a whirl. 
I'm a fan of the Brady Bunch and was hoping to get a podcast on the show that would help pass random times and bring a smile to my face. There you go. What I wanted to pass along was that both hosts give too much sexual innuendos <laughs> and I get sick of that. That's because we're in, in our heads. We're like 13. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't mind the swearing or use of that language at all, but suggestions referring to body parts, <laughs> sexual situations, or anything similar gets too, so tiresome. It sometimes feels like it's just boys having dirty minds. She nailed it. And I feel it's <laughs> misguided for your content. The Brady Bunch isn't about that stuff, and it's unbecoming to have to listen to that and absorb it. Well, that, to us, in our defense, to us, that's what's so funny about it. Right. Is the show's not like that at all. Right. That's, that's, what, that's makes what makes it, it so, funny. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it so funny, yeah. I was hoping to get more enjoyment out of it than I do because it seems like any chance there is, a scene or line is made into a sexual innuendo. Thank you for reading this, and what I do enjoy is the commentary on the and the synopsis of the show. So me and her went back and forth a couple times. Okay. Um, I explained to her, I said, well, I'm, I'm, I really do hope you find some enjoyment in the show. Um, I guess we do 10. I was like, as far as like talking about specific body parts, I don't know, but I believe you. If you say we did, I can't think of a a joke or a situation where we said it, but I don't doubt it. It sounds like us. Right. Right. Um, I was like, I do hope you find some, some something positive from the show. I mean, don't stop listening. I mean, but you're pretty much nailing it. I was like, we'll try to fix it, but I'm not making any promises. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Um, we'll try to be more aware, but really, it's this is just what we do. We're not going to change on who we are and how we talk about things. So, and so I asked her, like, are you female or male? Because I couldn't tell with the first name because it was right. kind of okay. And uh, I was like, because I've screwed this up in the past. She goes, yes, I am female. And she goes, you have definitely alluded to a male body part before. And then I said, these negative emails really tend to freak Jimmy out. (laughs) I was like, can you give me something positive to take back? (laughs) So he doesn't like swallow a bullet from this email. (laughs) And she goes, okay, the positive. Well, I have beneath my mask, of course, laughed at you or his comments. And actually, I think the swearing makes it sometimes funnier. And uh, that's pretty much it. The rest just says like information about. Well, the one thing I will say is, um, she <laughs> she says something, um, important in the beginning of that email. She says, "Yep, I don't even know if you're still recording, right?" Yes. And over the the seasons, we've gotten emails from people, and we actually have, believe it or not, we've actually implemented stuff that e- that people say in the email, and we've tried to steer the show different directions based on what people write in on, right? Mm-hmm. Because the way we kind of think about it is, if somebody goes through the the trouble of emailing, um, obviously they feel strongly enough to email, you know what I mean? Because it's not yeah. a simple act to jump on a computer, or email or phone or whatever. Um, so we understand that like if you've gone through the trouble of emailing, then it, you care more than the average listener does. And so yeah. for that reason, we should you know probably try to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, but not knowing what season or what episode you're on, mm-hmm. it is possible we could have curved a little bit of oh, that already. Okay. And she's still on the early episodes and hasn't seen that. Gotcha, yet. gotcha. So, well, she did refer to both of us. So she's right. at least on season two. At least two. on season two. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can try. We can try. Because I know a lot of our viewers, a lot of our demographic are older females. And they, I can. They're, I, they're I not going to have unless you're Betty White. You're not going to have a middle school boy sense of humor. You know? Right, right. <clears throat> like I think she's okay with saying uh, 
the jokes that we normally do and the cussing she's totally fine with. I don't think she wants to hear like specific details and, like, okay. oh, you know, she sucked his dick. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's where she has the problem. But I'm not going to promise you that we're going to stop doing jokes like that because they will still come out. They come to me. I have to say them. <laughs> but um, we do appreciate the email for sure. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I don't really do it that much. It's more you than me. To be honest. <laughs> You're probably right. But uh, I'll, I'll try. To I have a it. dirty mind. That's for sure. I, I don't know her name, so I'm just, I'm just going to call her Jennifer. Um, so Jennifer, I'm going to, I'm going to try to curve it. You know, I can't speak from tech, but I'm going to try to curve it. So just know that I'm on your side, <laughs> even if tech's not. <laughs> <laughs> so email Jimmy privately there and you then go. you That's two fine. can talk. And there you go. You maybe, you'll, maybe you'll probably talk about body parts. And find me on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we do thank her for emailing us. And that is so awesome. If you guys have anything we do enjoy reading your emails, you can email us. Contact us at a very podcast at gmail.com. And also, it seems like we offer every, every time somebody emails and we we say this if you want to come on you know jennifer if you want to come on like like message us See, we'll <laughs> yeah. try to work it out if it's at all possible like jennifer even, from minnesota yeah, yeah even if it's a quick um phone interview or something that's fine like we, we, we're down for it we always want to give people the option of coming on and, and kind of speaking so mm-hmm. um but speaking of minnesota yeah my wife and I's twentieth don't uh, you know twentieth <laughs> wedding anniversary is coming up in a couple of years, right? Wow! And we're taking a trip to um, Minneapolis for our twentieth. Oh, maybe wedding you can hook up yeah. with Jennifer from um, Minnesota. We want to go to Mall of America. Obviously, we want to go to Duluth. We want to go up to Canada to uh, some falls. I can't remember what it's called. Niagara? No, that's in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's um, more of New York. Yeah. Ma- uh, what is it called? Something. It's going to come to me after we stop recording. Tungsten Falls. <laughs> Um, it's Kingston Falls. That's it. I don't know. Someplace in Canada. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, we follow a YouTuber and tech knows, knows who I'm talking about. Um, snake discovery. Uh, they're opening up a, a reptile, um, zoo, so, so to speak in Minneapolis. So, What's the name um, of their channel? Uh, snake discovery. Oh, snake discovery. Yeah. Shout out to snake discovery. Yeah. So they're, they're actually from Wisconsin, but they have a facility that they're building right now. in uh, they Minneapolis. they say, don't you know, there too. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be up that direction in a couple of years. Very cool. Nice. And uh, so we had a good time here today. I just want to say a disclaimer. We did have fun time. Don't be offended. We are not racist. We're not sexist. We do love the show and we enjoy doing this. As long as it's not a girl. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, yes, that's, that's, we wouldn't go through all this trouble <laughs> if we didn't like the show. Um, they talked about that. Like me and Tech recently started listening to a podcast called Zach to the Future. They are mm-hmm. not a sponsor. But I don't mind mentioning them because it's a great podcast. Um, and there's two um, two hosts on it. There's uh, Mark Paul Gosler that played Zach on Back to the Future. Nope. And then there's Saved by Back the to the Future. Wow. Uh, <laughs> played Zach on Saved by the Bell. And then there's another guy that hosts Dashiell. I can't remember what his last name is. Dris- mm-hmm. da- Dra- Dashiell Driscoll. Yeah, yeah, name. that's it. And Dashiell Driscoll, um, his kind of claim to fame, so to speak, is writing some scripts for Funny or Die. Um, about Saved by the Bell. The whole premise of it is that kind of Zach's a dick. Zach you know Morris I mean? is trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then somehow Mark Paul Gossler got a hold of these scripts and thought they were brilliant. And so he wanted to do a table read with the rest of the cast kind of thing. So anyways, um, in that, um, Dashiell Driscoll kind of makes the point. He's like, you know, early on, I kind of got a lot of shit because people, you know, love the show. Just like our generation thinks of Saved by the Bell much in the way the older generation thinks of of the Brady Bunch. Hmm. And it would be like a podcast coming along and kind of making fun of 
you know, say by the bell, which Dashiell Driscoll's doing and Mark Bogoster's doing, but he makes the point and he's like, listen, I did a lot of research for this and I did a lot of work for this and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love the show. Like you right, it wouldn't so, put this much time. And exactly. Effort. Yeah. So he kind of made the same point. Like, yeah. Um, but having said all that, you do have homework assignments. Yes. You can check out the website. What's the URL there? Um, a very ready podcast.com. There it is. Also do a rate and review on Apple podcast, Podchaser, or Castbox. Tell two friends about the show, or if you don't like it, tell two enemies. <clears throat> or you can join us on Facebook and yeah, join the Facebook group. Join in the conversation. Post memes. Just don't be a racist dick. Check out the Patreon. Yep. And check out our Instagram. Jimmy has been doing a really good job posting tons of stuff on Instagram. We are blowing up. We've even had some likes and stuff from we did. Uh, from a good old uh, Christopher Knight we did. Yeah, himself. we had a like from Christopher Knight. He actually thought uh, thought one of our, on our one of our comments was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and follow us on Facebook. And get some updates on the show and all that kind of... Yep. So if we're going to be late or miss a week on releasing, that's where you're going to find that out. So, and at this point, Tack mm-hmm. is going to tell us mm-hmm. what the next ex- episode is, but he's going to do it in an impersonation okay. that Peter does in the next episode. Go. <laughs> show. <laughs> you want to know about the next episode, see? <laughs> Next season three, episode six. I'm going to stop doing that. Okay. Uh, it's called The Personality Kid, season three, episode six. Peter is down in the dumps after he is told at a party that he has no personality. So he works on creating a new one for himself. Meanwhile, Bobby and Cindy encourage the family to do safety drills. Yes. And there's an iconic line in there the next is. episode. If you know this iconic line. Shoot us a message and let us know what that iconic line is. And Christopher Knight himself yeah. uses this hashtag on almost every every time oh, he posts snap. a picture. Because I've been, like you said, I've been on Instagram a lot lately. Yeah. Um, and every time he posts a picture that's a still from the TV show, mm-hmm. he always, without fail, puts this line as a hashtag every nice. single time. Remember that. Yes. All right. So... I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. I have been Jimmy. I have been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another Sunshine Day. Keys Moten. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You 
been listening to a fourth hand joint.